plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, it's Star Style party time. Hello, hello again. You have your party hats on? I sure hope so. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and this is the Empowerment Channel. I am your empowerment architect, and that's what I want to build for you. You're a great foundation of feeling good about yourself and living your dreams and striving for the stars and landing on them. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a donation. Be The Star You Are has been a 501c3 top nonprofit since 1999, and it has many outreach programs that help women, families, and youth. And this is from Maya Angelou. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. And we've talked about this quite a bit before. So you always really want to put your best foot forward and empower people, encourage people, compliment people, appreciate people, show your gratitude because it's really, really critical. Well, coming up in segment two is going to be a really important, uh, and segment three, in fact, the rest of the show after uh, my first segment here. It's all going to be about workplace gender gap. You know, what does the Me Too movement have to do with it? Uh, There'll be uh, Heather Brittany will be with me. And we will talk about the million dollar wage disparity for two uh, big stars in a major film where the male received 1.5 million, and while the Oscar nominated female received a per diem of about $80 per day which somehow just doesn't work out. So we will be debating and discussing the freedom and peace that comes when both sexes are treated with dignity and with equality. So you'll want to stay tuned for uh, part two of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. But now I'm going to talk to you about growing grass. And I don't mean the kind of grass that you're going to smoke or use for medicinal purposes. I want to talk about the grass that is growing, you know, in your front yard or your backyard. Because um, that is something that just seems to be so American. People really like having their green space around them. There's a Zen saying that says, sit quietly, do nothing and let the grass grow by itself, and I like that. And, you know, as I drive around neighborhoods, I see the spirit of of nature in the landscaping decor. I mean, it is really obvious that most people do take pride in their outdoor space. And so what's really important is to reseed and to install new lawns is probably one of the main things that happened in both fall and in spring 
around the country if you are looking for a lush green grass environment. Now, I've talked about uh, Pearl's Premium several times on this show as well as in my garden articles. I'm a big fan, pearlspremium.com. And what I like about it is they have this grass seed, which I know is available on the East Coast in different stores, but on the West Coast, I've never been able to find it. So you have to order it online, pearlspremium.com. But um, the seed can grow uh, roots to like 20 inches down, which really ensures that the grass goes deep so it just can withstand weather and climate changes and heat and drought and all of that. So that's a really, um, it's a really good seed. They have, it has a thin white coating on the seed, which holds 400 times the water. And that helps the seed to stay moist longer. And that white coloring also helps you see where you have missed a spot if you're just throwing seeds as I do. And what I found ever since they put this coating on the seed is that the birds aren't attracted to it. They used to eat the seed. And then uh, Pearl's Premium put this coating on. And now I didn't find any birds eating my seed. So that's a, that is a really um, a, a very cool kind of seed. Oh, the other really neat thing about it is it doesn't invade your flower beds. You know how some seeds kind of spread and then they just go everywhere? Well, this stays right where you throw it. Now, you can seed it over an existing lawn um, and, or you can start from fresh, you know, from fresh. And it's very slow growing. It is non-GMO, and it will outcompete any weeds. So if you have weeds already, it'll, it's going to take over the weeds, which is really good. And usually you can get an emerald green lawn within about six weeks. So I also like to add, because uh, I, when I first found that seed, I already had a lawn, and I was reseeding. So my lawn is by no means perfect, but it's green. And I already had some red and white clover growing in my lawn, which I really love because clover uh, provides its own nitrogen and it keeps lawns green year round. And then if you like that mosaic feel, you know, it's just kind of a a good addition to the grass. And um, I also like the little flowers that it has. It it gets these little pink flowers and it gets little white flowers and then it attracts bees and that kind of good things that bring stuff to your garden. So I like to kind of mix it up. But here are some instructions for reseeding a lawn if you, like me, are just reseeding. So you want to mow the lawn as short as possible. And then you rake away all the clippings and the leaves. You want to get the soil pH to somewhere between 6 and 7. And then if you need to lower the pH, you can use sulfur. To increase the pH, use lime. Core aerate at least once a year. And when you do core aerate, you want to leave the plugs on the ground, on the lawn, because actually they'll just add the fertilizer right back in. And then spread seeds at a rate of about 7 to 10 pounds per 1,000 square feet. And 1,000 square feet sounds kind of big, but it's really not very much at all. And then add fertilizer and then top dress it with a quarter inch of organic compost. Now, you do have to keep the seed watered unless it's going to be raining out. You know, So once or twice a day, you do not want your seed to dry out. And then once the lawn is established, you can cut back on watering. 
and then, you know, just do it when your lawn needs to be watered. And then as far as your lawn mower, make sure to sharpen your blades because uh, you need to cut your lawn ideally to a height of about 3.5 inches. And I always advise leave the grass clippings on the lawn to provide nutrients because just think about it. When you cut that grass, that's all kinds of nitrogen and other nutrients in the grass. And if you spread it over your lawn and rake it in, you're just putting nutrients right back in. Unfortunately, if you have um, people who mow your lawn for you, many of them do not want to leave the grass clippings on the ground for a couple of reasons. If they have a power mower, they do sometimes say, well, you know, it's clogging up their mower or um, they think it looks a little bit messy or they don't want to go back and rake it again. So you may have to have a discussion about that. And then for the first year, you may experience a, a few weeds, but once you remove them, um, you can just throw some more grass seed out and then the lawn becomes thicker and lusher and more healthy the more that you seed and the more that you fertilize. And then after a couple of years, you can just sit back and do nothing and watch your grass grow, just like the, the Zen saying. Now, a few things that you can do in your garden, uh, seeding or reseeding, as I said, if you prefer to install sod, autumn or spring are the best time. And autumn is actually the best, with spring being the second best. But if you are going to install sod or a new lawn, Make sure you have prepared the bare soil and have added plenty of rich organic matter before you add the sod or you are seeding. And if you just have some bare spots with a mixture of seed, compost, potting soil, you can fill those bare spots. And then, of course, you have to water thoroughly and keep moist until the grass sprouts. Uh, as far as leaves go, especially you want to keep them off lawns because grass really needs as much sunlight as possible. And you can also, uh, when you either mow the leaves, um, you can use your mower to chop the leaves up or you can rake them and then run over the mower with the mower. And what that does is you can then use the leaves in your compost pile. So um, I'm a, just a big, big proponent of using as many organic things from your own garden as you possibly can. And those are some good things to do. Now, um, winterizing your grass by fertilizing heavily before any first rains. By feeding your lawn, you're going to give it the tools it needs to develop strong roots. And in that way, it can survive winter. You can still be planting spring blooming bulbs. And you want to plant... Daffodils, tulips, crocus, Dutch iris, hyacinths, and you can usually plant those literally through the first of the year. You can clip the florets of um, basil and can continue to consume as that herb dies down during the winter and any extra leaves can be frozen or dried. If you have a seed pods from some of your favorite sunflowers or from other seeds, you can hold on to those, and then in the springtime, it's just a great time to go ahead and scatter them, and um, you'll get some more, right? And because that's kind of what we all want is to continue to have more, more seeds and more flowers all the time. As far as roses go, January is going to be the month that you do your heavy pruning, 
and up until and that's for the west coast so if you're if you are in the east coast or in snow country and you have your plants are ready under snow obviously you're not going to be able to do anything but for the west coast that is not in snow country we can usually wait till january to heavy prune roses and in the meantime you can either just enjoy the flowers or let the rose hips um, continue to flourish. And birds really love the rose hips, especially when it's cold out. So that's always a good thing. And then you can just enjoy um, all the rest of the greenery that's out there. Uh, fixing things. You want to make sure to fix any leaky faucets or pipes because ants love um, uh leaky faucets and pipes so you definitely want to uh, check those out and fertilize your entire landscape and especially you want to fertilize all of your acid loving plants like azaleas rhododendrons camellias fuchsias those all need a good fertilization add some mulch three or four inches to deprive weeds of light and to insulate plants from all the varying temperatures. And that works for every season of the year. And again, leaves, compost, straw, shredded newspaper, cardboard, um, all of those add organic matter to the soil. And because organic matter deteriorates over time, you have to replace it. So whatever of the season, just remember to continue to add uh, your mulch and your organic, uh, all your organic products. So when we come back from break, where you will, Heather Brittany will be joining me, and we will be talking about the workplace gender gap and how women in general are paid to only work until 3:43 p.m. And that's a that's a an interesting kind of um, a kind of Number and there's a very funny YouTube video that Heather sent me that is called that 343. Whereas men are paid to work the full day, although women are paid to work for, I mean, are asked to work eight hours, they're actually only getting paid until 343. So stay with me, we'll be back in a bit, and we will be talking about the gender gap. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and um, we have much more to come. So don't go away. I'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. 
This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, I'm not so sure if this part is going to be a party or not because we're really going to be addressing women in the workplace. Heather Brittany is with me now, and we're going to be talking about pay disparity as well as the, what has really happened since the Me Too movement has uh, really taken the forefront and, um, and really brought to attention the workplace gender gap. Gender gap. <laughs> that was a faux pas. <laughs> well, hello, Heather. Thank you for coming on. Hello, hello. Well, you know, I noticed that this year the state of California barred employers from asking workers how much money they made in a previous job, and that new law was designed to redress wage disparity. So women and minorities, as we know, are paid less than white men, especially in their early career stages, and that pay gap tends to stick with workers throughout the year. I was just, um, what really brought you and I to this idea of doing this segment, not only was the whole idea of Me Too that has been going on um, for a while now, but I was just really surprised when I finally learned of Michelle Williams and Mark Wahlberg's, who were both starring in a movie uh, with uh, with uh, Michelle Williams and Betty having too. fun. Pardon me? I said, I think she was pretty surprised, too. <laughs> yes, completely surprised. I think completely surprised. So just for people, and well, I want to talk about that because it was Jessica Chastain who brought it to the attention kind of of the world through Twitter by asking, you know, would anyone like to qualify? I really hope that everything is coming to light that she's going to be paid fairly because she's a brilliant actress. Well, what was it? Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg got paid $1.5 million to do a reshoot on the film that he and um, Michelle Williams were starring in, and she got $80 a day, <laughs> mm-hmm. which probably was not even minimum wage for the hours that they had to work. So um, the big thing was is. What I found interesting is she was represented, or still is, by the William Morris Agency. Both she and Mark had the exact same agent, and uh, who was a man, uh, Brent Morley, and he. Oh, they did have. I knew they they were uh, both by William Morris. I didn't know that they had the exact same person. Yes, they had the exact same agent, Brent Morley. And I think everyone was a bit surprised that he didn't get fired because he negotiated $1.5 for Wahlberg and only $80 for her. 
Um, but, you know, to her, what her response when she was asked that is she said she she valued Brent as somebody who values creativity. And then she said she believed in second chances. So I would say that he got off pretty easily <laughs> on that one. Yeah. That, you, know, you know, what a disparity. That's amazing. That I, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I didn't know. I knew that they were both uh, represented by, as a whole, you know, the agency. I didn't know it was by the actual same one agent in um, uh, in charge of both of them. Because, as you know, within an agency, there could be 100 agents that work exactly. there. They're in charge of all kinds of people. So that's even more um, uh, discouraging that, that something like that was in it. And, you know, one thing that kind of talking about this whole um, – uh, gender wage gap, and there's so many different levels of it because, as we see, just statistically, when we look at things, there are so many counterparts beyond just um, beyond just putting it in one little box of saying that men uh, earn more than women. Statistically, yes, that is true. And the thing I think that's trying to be is that equal pay for equal work. And there are so many things, as we know, that women, you know, you'll see a lot of times right out of college that oftentimes women are, it's, it's a competitive pay with their male counterparts. But then um, as, I mean, it's a biological thing that women, as they tend to go into their later 20s and 30s, tend to have children and different things happen with that. And we see more and more in society that um, men are becoming more stay-at-home uh, dads or having a, a larger part than historically um, they have before, which is fantastic, or, you know, trying to really have that shared partnership of raising children. Um, but we still do see that, you know, and, and it isn't oftentimes that women stop working, um, that they just may take uh, less shifts or uh, maybe, you know, even if they are in very higher paying jobs, that they are, uh, maybe they're not at, at the law firm, you know, at every single day, you know, five days a week now, now maybe it's, only, it's three, so that way that they can be with their child. All these different things that do affect it slowly, um, you know, things for equal pay, for equal work. Um, oftentimes the women are passed off, up for these high for you know, for now the CEO or the partner thing, because they've missed out on things. There's you know, there's so many different counter things to it. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's <laughs> biologically, you know, we can't, no, women can't pass on that to men. That okay, you are going to now carry the children and have these yeah. certain responsibilities. And there is something in history known as second shift that um, oftentimes, you know, for many uh, women that you know they work a job and they come home and then now you are all these other unpaid, you know, unpaid careers at home, um, you know, as, as you know, as being a working mother, that you become the cook, the chef, the, you know, the peacemaker, the doctor. Yeah, you're everything, the, you know, you're chauffeur, driving the, the carpools, you're doing the laundry, you're helping with homework. I mean, it's, it is, it's all consuming. It's very, it's very exactly. challenging to be work. you know, you're and, working several jobs, bottom line. Exactly, and there's, um, you know, and there's few people, you know, and there are many people, um, you know, that it seems like, wow, how she, you know, there are that that few that they say many times that one percent, the people that if economically, if they are already off to begin with, it can be, you know, so glamorized that you know, wow, I'm the working mom that enables you all these things. But also what, you know, society doesn't see is there's a lot of hands behind the scenes oftentimes, you know, if not just family, that these people also have the means to pay other people to take on all these other responsibilities that they don't have to then, you know, have the full um, thing of. And uh, it, so the main thing that's coming to it for equal pay, for equal work, 
um, is that Michelle Williams is speaking from the Academy. Is this was an Academy Award nominee and winner, and someone who really and a Golden Gold Globe nominee, right? Exactly, and you know, and it, it's one thing um, to you know, often when people want to say, oh, you know, well, if, if, if this person, uh, you know, I know, um, you know, for example, if going into a job, if someone has you know, been there, you know, for, or, or, you know, just being in acting sense, that uh, if you were going into a movie and, you know, you're the hot new actress in town or what it may be, um, if if I was to be acting with uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, I would not expect that I am going to be paid the same amount, you know, coming into this. But as time prevails, you know, it's just as a new doctor, you know, fresh out of college or, you know, just finished the residency, um, there's certain things you have to put before you're going to be paid the same as the surgeon that, you know, this hospital is named. There, you know, there's certain levels of that. And that also goes within a company of, of individual things. And one thing that I think this uh, Michelle Williams thing that brings to light of even going beyond, if some people feel, you know, beyond of how can I relate to with an, with an actor? Because with many jobs um, that are minimum wage, entry-level jobs, Every people, it should be, especially this is what it is, because it isn't basing on, you know, years of experience. And back when things are just, you know, that basic entry, it's when things start to grow that people, you know, advancing from within, it should never, it should be based on skills. It should be based well, on Well, you what, know, and with you know, getting back to Michelle, talking about Michelle Williams and Mark Wahlberg, and not to take anything away from Mark, because he is a very good actor, but... Um, he has not been. He has not won any awards, and she has. <laughs> She's headlined um, several things, and the, just that was, you know, they're both very, very good actors. So that was, I think, it just really brought it to a head. And of course, there's so much talk about how actors, I mean, famous actors, are overcompensated anyway, whether it's men or women. But whether that's right or wrong, we, you know, we look to Hollywood actors as the um, avatars of sociocultural change and if our actors are getting placed and getting paid at different scales than um, you know the men and the women it's going to trickle down to the people in just in the regular population another one out there you might have read about this one too and I saw this I think it was in People Magazine and it's not a show I've ever watched, but I thought it was quite fascinating. The actress um, who plays Dr. Meredith Gray on Gray's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Did you see about this? Her name's Ellen I Pompeo. do, I do. Yeah. Well, anyway, she has been the star for 13 years. I mean, the show was called Gray's Anatomy. She plays Dr. Gray. And now her annual salary is $20 million, which is a lot of money to, for anybody. Uh, you know, I think we can all agree. Mm-hmm. However, they, she has gotten so much flack for being able to earn that. And she was really shocked by the backlash, especially coming from other women. And that, as I think, yeah. which was really surprising to her, is, is that um, could Grey's Anatomy survive without her? Well, she is Dr. Grey. I mean, who, who knows? But you would think that at least women would support women or add people of color and all of that by saying, hey, good for you. I'm glad that you're, you know, that you're earning that. They didn't disclose what the, what the leading men are making, but it's 
right in that same ballpark. But why shouldn't she be making the big dollars? Well, I, you know, I think there continues to be this petru- um, perpetuated uh, cultural stigma about women. Of the, and really, you know, what it gets back to is negotiation. That even slips back Right, to, negotiation, good point. Anything, even not even saying, you know, I, we're just using this acting um, uh, example, but it really goes to any job, is that oftentimes, you know, women, it was, it's just really in the last hundred years, you know, that women really have been able to be into, in the workforce. And, and though we had to go through horrific wars, it was because of the wars that women started to be able to go into the workforce before they able to. And thanks to birth control, males, that they didn't just have to become a wife and a mother, that they could actually become career women. But still, with that being in, that there used to be set salaries, and that women, almost that sense that, they're so happy to be be there. You you know, you hear often, oh, women want to advance. It's like, yes, and awesome. And oftentimes they don't think, oh, I'm at this next level. What I should be negotiating. It's they, they're offered more and they think, awesome, this is great. This is more than what I made before. Fantastic. Not knowing that, you know, it's so, it's, it's like anytime I'm going into buy, anytime I've had car experiences or things, I am bringing my big, 256-foot-3 husband with me because I know people are going to take him more seriously than me go, oh, yeah, I know, you know, that they, they when they see a guy, the guys are more aggressively negotiated, statistically, and this is... It's very and true. And it also goes, you know, relating to Michelle Williams thing, that it, especially now, um, I, as I said, I knew before that it was the William Morris, I didn't know it, or I didn't know that it was also as well that they had the exact same agent, because I could see something within a big agency of you know, two different, that, you know, one guy is definitely working harder for, for his client than the other, but to know that they are both of his clients and to know that this guy wins from it, he's, no matter what, forever, he gets 10% of whatever they make, you know, so, um, you and know, that's, so that's forever for both, too, right. To, you know, but to think, um, and oftentimes, you know, that I, I heard in interviews before, she even knew is that creatively, you know, as you know, there's so much heart and energy that goes for even not seeing just a movie, for saying a product, for something, you know, if you worked in a restaurant, if you worked on something for a year and gave your life to it and then found at the last minute, oh, you know, we have to close the shop or, we, that, you know, you, but if they say, hey, you know, we, the next week, you know, maybe if we had people that if they, we didn't pay them, for a month, you know, that we get, they, you know, if you're so hard, if your heart and soul is in things, oftentimes you're willing to make sacrifices for the greater good. And oftentimes women are willing to make the sacrifices or they're willing to, to take, oh, you know, they, they're since this, they're really, and I'm not just trying to over like generalize that, but oftentimes, um, you know, women going into a career, even if they're advancing, when uh, they're told, hey, this will be your new salary, it's often thought, just accept it because you know they don't want a bossy a bossy woman a girl and you see that too that as men you know it's you know authoritative and oftentimes women they're certain explicitive names are called but they seem as bossy or mean or just you know or just you said women against women it was looked at with this other actress um, that these there was uh, I think three women that were had to leave the show. Um, and it wasn't quite disclosed if it was forced out or by choice. But the women were saying, oh, that there wasn't enough money to be paid to them for higher things. And, and, uh, and she had said, you know, she had nothing else. That she's advocating for more people, you know, for higher pay. And, and that's me too, that as, as women, 
um, because there is less of us in these things that, um, you know, it, it really is, I think, now with um, with all the negative stuff, positive comes forward with this horrible thing of Me Too that it's it's so heartbreaking that so much of this well, it's, it's putting a, a spotlight. So it really it throws a spotlight really on the genders and this gender gap in the workplace. And you know, there is a, there's a bunch of studies, obviously, that have been done. But while men and women enter the workforce in roughly equal numbers, women fall far behind in promotions from the very first step in the management ladder. And there's the Lean In and the McKinsey data show. The Lean In is the one that Sheryl Sandberg, you know, started with uh, Facebook. And what they found is that by the senior manager level, men outnumber women two to one. And when you find, when you got to the C-suite, you know, the CEO, um, only 22% are women. So the drop-off is even more precipitous for women of color who get just 4% of the highest level jobs. And that's even in industries where women really significantly outnumber men like healthcare or retail. So no matter what the job, men are still prevail at the top. So one in five women, according to these surveys, say they are often the only or one of the only women in the room at a meeting. And women commonly in those situations are at greater risk of some kind of harassment or even a subtle form of discrimination. And that was all brought forth on the lean-in the lean-in data. So we have a lot, a lot to tackle, but I'm glad that the Me Too is really happening uh, because, first of all, sexual harassment has been a terrible predatory uh, experience for so many people for so many years and everybody turned their heads. So I suppose we can say thank you to Harvey Weinstein for being such a jerk that he was so bad that people mm-hmm. finally stepped forward who had clout and said, okay, enough is enough. We, we're not going to take this anymore. And it seems that every magazine you pick up or every newspaper, somebody who's high up in some industry has fallen off the ladder. I mean, there's a lot of, of uh, people who have now lost their jobs, their reputations or other because of how, you know, what the injustices they perpetrated against men and women. I mean, all you have to and, look and, at... you know, even connecting back just with the whole Michelle Williams things is the reason there was this reshoot um, was because of, I, I can't believe, uh, I'm blanking out on his name, House of Cards, that he has now fought, uh, he was a brilliant actor, but now it's like he just feel like he well, doesn't want to walk in. Yeah, um, if you watch House had, of Cards, he's been killed off or he died. We're not really sure what yeah, happened. Yeah, but, but I know. mean, he was the reason they had to reshoot it because he was playing the thing. And during, before the movie was to be released, there was a big thing released that he had many missexual comics that people came forward and right. he came forward. And, and, so, and they just thought, men. there's no way we can release this movie because there will be such a negative backlash. So right. that's where they reshot it with a new actor. And, and of course, you know, that's, so it, it, it's just, it's, I think, you know, again, there's this, um, there's this really, you know, and it's so horrible that any of these things are happening or that we even have these talks about, but this is sense of empowerment. And, and now we've been bringing, you know, it's, it isn't anything that's new. It's just finally there's being accountability. It's being more spoken about. It's being more recognized and saying that, you know, of course, 
as time goes on in, in particular jobs, um, and it should be taking away anyone, you know, male or female, you know, we should be awarded, we should advance on our skill level, on that, that exactly. we are the merit. best person um, for that. And you work hard, you get paid, Harvard. you get paid, you know, equal work for equal pay, equal pay for equal work. You know, and just speaking about the Me Too movement or Time's Up, I think one of the, the industries that probably had the least amount of reportings but probably suffers one of the highest uh, numbers of harassment would be especially women that are in service industries like you know, um, office cleaning and those kinds of jobs where a a lot of the women that are there are from other countries. Some of them don't speak English, maybe, and maybe even some of them aren't even here legally and they're in low income, you know, working um, positions. And so they're really taken care, they're taken advantage of. And that to me is really sad where, um, you know, they're, they fear for, their lives sometimes, especially if you work I mean, at I night. A real, really, I think what it is, is it's really just a sad sort of look of society and thing, is that people um, misbehave until they're caught. No one is sorry until right. it's brought forth. Right, there you go. You know, those kinds of things. And that people in authority, I mean, as a business owner, people, of course, you know, to, so that you can make money and make it, of course, you want to keep your prices by keeping, paying the people that work for you lower wages, you know, so that you can keep more of it. And as you brought forward, that oftentimes in these jobs that are minimum wage, um, and as you know, that minimum wage isn't a working wage, these people are working multiple jobs and they need these jobs. They have family, there's many things to support. Um, that they'll take a running of terrible things, whether it's sexual, whether it is verbal, or whether, again, it is just poor um, working environments because they need a job and there's that sense of, I need this and I don't know where I can get the next job. For that. And, and, um, and that's unfortunate with these ways. And so bringing it forward, um, that, that, I mean, here in California, um, what do you call a the minimum wage is going up, which is fantastic. But at the same time, everything else is going to be going up with that. And there's right. things that need to be put for about about again two work um, stay at home moms. And I know there's very hard things that people think. Well, then you know people will just women will just want to get pregnant and stay at home. You know, there's feeling to abuse the system. Um, and that really is sad to me because they're they've. They've done studies if if women were compensated for all the various things they do of how, of how much money they would be earning, or at the same time, yeah, it's something. Um, it's something like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, <laughs> right? You know, if exactly. women and mothers were compensated for all the work that they actually do, which it's not going to happen. But it's nice to know that that's what you're you're valued at. And, and, you know, that's another thing when women take time off to raise their families and then they go back into the workforce and they think they don't have any skills. And this is where it's really important to work with a coach or someone who can help you get back onto it is that um, you have a lot of skills because you've really been a juggler. So you've had to balance books, you know, and you've had to figure out finances. And so there's so many different levels. It's like, what is it you love to do? Well, Heather, let's just take a really quick break here. 
And then we'll come back and we'll talk more about Me Too, the gender gap, and maybe how women can find mentors on the outside and also how women entrepreneurs actually have, uh, they pay themselves less than male entrepreneurs, almost half. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Heather Brittany is with me. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and we are discussing Me Too, gender gap, and pay disparity. Stay with us. Back in a little bit. Be the star you are. The star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the star you are The star you are The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. Org. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, it really is a power party in a way because what we want to talk about is women power. And this is uh, Heather Brittany is with me and we are discussing how um, pay disparity among women um, and men, the, the differences there. But one of the things that all the statistics are showing is that it is really not so much about um, about just harassment. It's really about who's in power. And so w- women have to take the power again. So sexual harassment, I thought I would just give these percentages out. Now, this is just a percentage of women who say that they have been sexually harassed at some point in this career. And this was by the McKinsey Company on a, uh, a research that was done in, in 2018 called Women in the Workplace. So just the general base of women, say 35%. Women of color, 30%. Lesbian women, 48%. Women in tech jobs, 45%. But here was the big one. Senior level women, 55% said that they have been harassed. Don't you find that really, that's really disgusting. It's really, it's just unacceptable. What do you think, Heather? Again, 100% is it that now it's these things, it's fantastic that it's finally being brought forth, that it's bringing uh, life, that people need to discuss this stuff. But it's always been existing. I mean, we were just talking about how there's sort of this, Funny little, the, the 343 song that we saw that was talking about gender 
Yeah, that was gap. funny. But it kind of hits back all the way back, if you think back to, uh, it's a comedy, but it's touching on this chauvinistic man, uh, Dolly Parton, 9 to 5. That film, that they talk about that they have this really vulgar vo- uh, boss that does all these horrible things that, um, you know, until recently, I mean, and it's still consistently that women put up with. And it's not saying that women are these victims, things, but oftentimes in jobs, um, sometimes, you know, that some speaking up can mean losing your job or things, or right. there's that sense, there's that sense right. of fear, or, or again, what if people won't believe you or how things can be turning you, that it just, it goes to so many things, that thing of well, why you know, that gets in back general, to that whole idea women, of power, because by banding together, when women banded together, yeah, you could say that a woman is being a witch with a bee, right? And, and you know, she's one person by herself is just talking out. But when you have a wolf pack, when you have a pack of, of women together and they're all saying the same thing, then you really can't uh, disparage that. You really have to stand up and stand up and listen to it. So uh, this is the good and, news. Yeah, and, you know, another time thing we were talking about, too, with about negotiating and entering jobs, the whole this this whole thing is that, again what I really say in mind is that people it should be of, of equal value. It shouldn't just be because I'm a woman and I'm here I should be getting the is that we are both have equal skill levels or that we are you know especially in jobs when is that everyone is doing the same task um, throughout the day and having you know the same outcome in the end that these should be people that are being being the same and then advancing you know or, or you know knowing within your system okay after so many years or after when you hit these and they fail these are the pay increases um, it's when it be, is a general thing as we mentioned that oftentimes when something is presented to you that women don't often tend not to fight for it. They think that's great because that was more than what I had, and men tend to have more of this aggression. And oftentimes they found that in hiring practices, though, um, it's illegal no matter what, of saying discrimination, but there's ways that can be tiptoed around it, that oftentimes when younger women are being hired, even, you know, into... Um, corporate but, and, you know, jobs that are going to be advancing, knowing that potentially a woman is going to be taking off more time because of potential of children or because of, of maternity leave, that this is also going to be a cross towards um, the company. So those are things they've, they've said there was a Harvard study that had the exact same, they, they had resumes, you know, mixed within it, and um, there was two resumes. One was, you know, I think they changed last name. One had Jill and one had John, whatever last name. But they were identical resumes. And um, they had employers rate each of, you know, the resumes. That, and the John, the male one, every time got rated higher than the female one. And wow. now they weren't being put right against each other. It was that, you know, they're mixed within it. But see, because they see a mitt with the exact same thing, education, will, um, you know, Skills and and that's something that oftentimes that that is and again they, I I can devil's advocate and I can see that as a company of you know you're trying to save your company money so that you're but at the same time are you missing a, a, the skill set of it it's that right two people are well you know hired, speaking or, or to that um, Heather coming in when you're speaking it, to that this John looks better than this Jill so yeah. Um, well, um, there was another thing, it's, and they said men and women have contrasting outlooks on their gender and the state of women at work. And this was an interesting part of this survey. So 
women said, 24% of women said that their gender played a role in missing out on a raise, a promotion, or a chance to get ahead. But for men, they men only 8% said that, that happened to them. That's a big difference. And then for women, 29% said that their gender made it harder to get a raise, a promotion, or a chance to get ahead. Whereas, again, men being their gender, it was like only 8%. So very different you know, perspectives. Then as far as promotions went, promotions at the company are based on fair and objective criteria. 50% of all men thought that was true, whereas 40% of women thought it was true. And then ideas are judged by quality, not by who raised them. And men, uh, 65% of men said, yeah, that's right. Ideas are judged by quality. But only 50% of women felt that. And then the best opportunities go to the most deserving employees. 52% of men felt that that's true. But only 40% of women. So, you know, men are seeing it differently. And, of course, when we say this, we're not talking about all men. But most, you know, the men in the workplace are looking at it differently. You know, one other thing I wanted to bring up, Heather, was entrepreneurs, because there's a lot of women who start companies, and they go and they get investor funding, etc. But interestingly, women get far less money, far less funding for their projects than men. And then the other big thing is when they have to give themselves a salary, the majority of women entrepreneurs either don't give themselves a salary because they want to put money back into the company or they set their salaries just high enough to meet their basic living expenses and most of the salaries that women will give themselves is half of what men give themselves. So what that says to me too is that as women, we have to see ourselves as valuable and we have to decide, okay, I'm worth X amount and if it's my own company, I'm going to pay myself that amount. And that's that's a hard one. Say, you know, and that's in something too. Um, in in our country too, that women, that nearly half of women are the breadwinners in family. And, and of course, there are discrepancies against uh, within uh, uh, different cultural that, that uh, Latina mothers are fifty three percent. 81% statistically of uh, black mothers and 44% of Asian um, Pacific Islanders are going to be black women families. Did you say 84%? And, and, um, and that's, you know, and um, yet, and but again, but, but then, but here what really gets to you is saying in regarding to lower paying jobs. Um, yet, the wage gap for mothers is larger than for women overall. And mothers with full-time, um, year-round uh, wages um, are getting nearly, you know, and again, there's so many different things. Sometimes you hear anywhere as low as 69, but they say about 71% on that. And right now, I remember when I entered college and there was this big thing that it was women were getting 76 cents um, on the dollar. And there, um, I was in this club called NOW, National Organization of Women. And they used to have this bake sale once a year that for uh, women, uh, the, the cookies or whatever were 76 cents, but for men, they were a dollar. And it was supposed to be that reversal, you know, to show the unfair of like, but what the heck? It's the same cookie. Oh, just because That's I'm a fantastic. guy, I have to do I more, and I'm a girl. That she 
And and it was, you know, it, it was that tongue-in-cheek trying to say exactly what should be the difference. Um, and now it, it really just kind of, you know, a brain, but in, in certain families, that, that's why, you know, women are working all these additional things, or as you mentioned, lower-paying jobs or, or just skill set levels, too. I know there's some things that work as economically, and there's been, I really feel, in the last 20 years, there's more of this movement that um, stereotypically, when the, when the statistics were first coming out, was that women really, it was, it was a new venture, you know, women leaving the house. It was very expected that as moms, you know, as women, that you would be a mom, that you would be a wife. And maybe, you know, it was like, wow, you're really pushing it, it like... If that you're a secretary somewhere once a week, you know, and, and then also, too, in women entering the job for the, for the thing that was like, it was, and, and not putting any hate toward, but it was very, um, like, a list of what potentials, you know, people weren't saying, oh, you know, physics engineer, for what, which now, you know, the only limit is your imagination, really, right. on what you can do. Well, be. we're down to and, two minutes, Heather. We're going to have to wrap yeah. it up. But, you know, on that thing, I just remember when I was growing up, it was like as a woman, you were expected that you could, if you were going to go to college or if you were going to work, your choices were secretary, nurse, or teacher. <laughs> and exactly. those to be the three that, things that, you know, it, it's said, like in school. They list. would even talk they about like, that. that. That's so let's it. just wrap you know, it up. thought beyond that. Yes. I, I think we have to really work hard at it. So let's just give, um, what do you think, let's just kind of give one solution out there because we only have a minute left. And well, my solution my- is is that, Women have to carve out their own turf, and we don't have any room for error, and we have to speak up and speak out and stand up for ourselves and hopefully get the men that we love on board and um, supporting us. And then at that point, we're going to have a bit more of equal rights. I love it. I love speak up, (laughs) speak out. Stand up for yourself, but I think the big thing, too, as women, is stand up for each other. Know it also within this job, in this competitive job with it, that we need to also compete for equal values for one another. Yes, for, for women, each for, other. For each well, other. there you have it. Eight. So that is our show for this week. Heather Brittany has been my guest. Thank you, Heather Brittany. For more information about Be The Star You Are, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. For information about Star Style Productions, you can go to CynthiaBryan.com. Until next week when we celebrate once again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I'm Heather Brittany. And this has been Star Style, Be The Star You Are. We thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be fair, share, and make sure that we are equal rights for equal pay for equal genders. It's really important. Let's support one another. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, 
entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.